Hello, everyone. Happy Friday Eve to all who celebrate. Welcome to the My Brain Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Kat Makeumson. Episode 15, I got a good one for you. So I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet because you got an hour of listening to do, my pals. Up next, I have my first interview. I'm so excited. So Alex Paget is joining me on the show. She is the founder, owner of Educated Mess, the skincare company. She is a skincare influencer with a TikTok following of over 120,000. Some of you have already DM'd me saying that you recognize her. So I'm so excited for you to get to learn from her. Alex is really focusing on bridging the gap between the chemist and the consumer, and she makes content that's easily digestible so that we all know what we're paying for and what's important when it comes to our skincare. You know I love skincare. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. I don't want to drag it out anymore. Let's get into it. Episode 15 of the My Brain Hurts podcast. Here we go. Welcome to the My Brain Hurts Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Makeumson. Sit back, sit tight, enjoy the ride, and here's to a lot of brains that don't hurt. Okay, hey, someday it'll still be 30 people. That's still right. That's still I'm 30 like, people. Oh my God. All right. Welcome to the My Brain Hurts Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Makeumson. Today I have Alex Paget with me. Alex, introduce yourself because I think it's really weird if I go to introduce you. No, you're fine. Um, I'm Alex. I'm a cosmetic chemist. I started a skincare line, Educated Mess, recently, uh, and I live in Raleigh. So lovely. I know. Gotta we've, force Kat to hang out with me all the time now. Literally, we've taken <laughs> shots together. Right. We've danced on tables together. And That's now right. at this point, we get to sit down and talk about skincare soap. And be adults. I know. Like, look at us. Can you believe this? Crazy. Okay. Can you give us just a little background, like how you got to where you are now, how Educated Mess came to be, just life story. Life story. All right. So in college, I went to Carolina. And I was studying like biology, chemistry, but I'm not really sure what I want to do with that. And I can't do medical stuff because I freak out with blood or like smells. I'm not good with that. Um, so I started getting like acne my sophomore year because I was just not sleeping enough, not drinking enough water, partying too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would sit there and like make, ma- I was like ordering Manuka honey from New Zealand because I would Google it and see that like that would help with acne. Or I would like crush up aspirin and like all the little home remedies that you hear about. Um, and it was fun, but I mean, it wasn't effective. And uh, I remember kind of thinking like, there's got to be someone who actually does this for their job. So I kind of started looking into like cosmetic product development. Um, and I found this one program up in Jersey. So I was like, apply. And then I went up there. I hated New Jersey though. It was, I did not like it. So you went Carolina. Yeah. And then I got my, and then. Yeah. At okay. Fairleigh Dickinson, they had, at the time, I think Fairleigh Dickinson was like the only grad program for cosmetic science. Um, so that was where I went and that was fun. I don't really think anybody that's interested in pursuing cosmetics needs to go there. It it was a lot of debt and I feel like I learned a lot more just like first couple weeks on the bench at Mm -hmm. my job in formulation. So anyway, I hated New Jersey so much that I was just looking for a job anywhere and I thought I wanted to do, sorry, I talk a lot. No, I love that. I keep talking. Okay. So I thought I wanted to do like (laughs) product development for a brand. And so I'm applying to all these brands and all of them are like, well, you need experience. And so I found this one rinky dink looking manufacturer in texas which it wasn't rinky dink by the way when i say it like that it sounds bad but i had just never heard of it so mm-hmm. i was like i it's didn't not like your red line yeah right okay. and i didn't know what a contract manufacturer was so basically there are places that will manufacture products for a ton of different brands you've heard of but like the name of the manufacturer where i was applying to i had no idea i was just like is this a legitimate skincare line i'm googling it i'm like i don't even see any of their products but i wanted to get out of new jersey so bad that i was like 
I'll take that. I'll take the job. This will be a good foot in the door. I'll get the experience that those other brands want. But I loved working there. So because I was at a contract manufacturer, I got to work with brands that were like natural, clean beauty. And then also like some that would just let me do whatever I wanted. And some that were high budget, low budget, medical grade, whatever. Um, And I got exposure to a ton of different types of products, types of brands that I would have never gotten exposure to if I was just working at one brand. So I'm like, in retrospect, I'm glad that I worked at a contract manufacturer. Um, So anyway, that was the background. And then because I was working with a ton of different brands, I was seeing a bunch of, excuse my language, dumb shit. Like mm-hmm. I would have brand founders t- like say like, oh, you you can't, uh, I got your formula, you know, so basically how it works is a brand comes to the chemist and they're like, all right, we want this product to either do this, look like this, or they'll have mm-hmm. you knock off something existing. Um, and so like certain brands that are like clean, they'd be like, oh, here's a list of ingredients you can't use. And that's fine and dandy until you literally don't have any emulsifiers that can help hold oil and water together, or you've got no thickeners you can use. So it's just water thin. I had one brand that was like, you can't use the most natural thickener out there, Xanthan Gum. It's food grade. They wouldn't let me use that because it had an X in the name. And so, yeah, they're like, oh, I don't think our customers are going to want to see an X on the label. And I'm like, (laughs) you're so stupid. It hurts, but it makes my job difficult. You know, and so there was always all of this stuff that was like all this clean beauty nonsense that made chemist jobs difficult. It made R&D more expensive. It made the products you're getting more expensive without more benefits, you know. Um, And it was none of it was backed by science. And so I was complaining about this to my business partner. We were just friends at the time. Um, And she she was like, why don't you start talking? But she's like, what you're telling me right now is fascinating. I would have never thought of this. Why don't you start a brand and talk about it. I was like, well, I'm done with marketing. I can't do that. I don't even know how to file my taxes. My dad still does that, you know? (laughs) And um, so she's like, I'll take care of all that. You just create some products and we'll figure it out. And so um, that was how it started. And then I started posting on TikTok just in hopes that we would spread the word about our products. Uh, And then to my surprise, people cared what I had to say, you know, imposter syndrome. (laughs) I was like, no way. It's been really cool. Oh, I love that. That's so that was my backstory. She asked, and it was supposed to be a sentence, and it was no. That was three perfect. hours. We love the details. All I want are all the details. Okay, <laughs> and that's true. And you can like cut them up too. Give, was, give yeah. me everything. Um, talk to me a little bit about educated mess. Okay, so when Catherine and I decided, Catherine's my business partner. When we decided to start this line, she came up with the name educated mess, and I was like, we had been kind of playing around with different words, and we were like, we want something that's kind of like chaotic but organized you know like but wild but serious and like a little bit of a balance of fun and work and play I guess yeah um and she came out with educated mess and we were like oh this is great and the whole idea is that you know we want skincare that fits your lifestyle if you want to go out and party and look tired the next day we've got a solution for you that it's not going to make you look completely better but you know it can help with the hair the dog mask or you know, we, we understand like not everybody's going to be perfect. So we want our skincare products. Like we don't want people to have to sift through all the BS on the internet just to know what's best for their skin. It's kind of like, we're going to hit you with our products that we have. We're going to tell you what they're best for, who they're best for. And like, even on TikTok, if somebody asks the best nourishing moisturizer for dry flaky skin, I'm not going to say socket bomb because it's a really good lightweight one. There are other things out there that are better for really, really dry skin. And eventually we'll launch the best one. We haven't yet, you know? So we try to create this whole I guess, culture where people trust what we say. They trust that our products are good, but they can also trust that we're going to be giving them the education that they need to decide what's best for their skin too, even if that doesn't involve our brand. So thanks. So that's kind of where we are with that. We want to have fun, but 
we want basically, I guess the, the elevator pitch here is we want people to know that they can still have fun and not have to have a chemistry degree to understand what is best for their skin. Which is so important because I feel like we've talked about this before. It's so hard to understand. And you're you're truly picking a product based on marketing. Yes, like, I don't yeah, get it. Yeah. It's like, if it looks like it's from a lab, right. like, oh, this is probably worth it. Right, yeah. right. And it's so easy to make something look and sound really good. And then you're just putting them as PlayStation. And there, you know? And like that used to be a pet peeve of mine. I'm like, I would formulate a product for a brand and they've given me like the the smallest, but they're like, okay, make this make this $3 a kilo in ingredients. And I'm like, you were selling it for $32 for that much of it. Like, and it's the cheapest. So I'm annoyed because I hate the cheap formulas. They're not fun. They're boring. So I'm annoyed. And then I see them making so much money and acting like it's so great. There was just always this huge disconnect between chemist and consumer. And we really want to bridge that gap and, and like not have to fill it with marketing fluff. We're filling it with scientific education. Um, and that is what's going to drive people to understand why our product is better than others. Not just because we've made it look cool you know oh i love that okay so talk to me about your specific skincare routine like what are we doing in the morning what are we doing at night like what are we doing when we treat ourselves what what's all right. the routine all right okay so every morning and night i have acne pretty bad we've talked about oh, that relatable so. yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 live laugh love do you do you use any like salicylic acid i have I brought all my things oh my gosh, out yes, so that you I can make wait. fun of them. So Would I you smash your past. <laughs> I know, literally, I see all your videos and I'm like, okay, Alex, tell me what's good and what's bad. Yeah, this is pretty good. I use this. Okay. Um, I this. outside of that, I use like spot treatments, and then I get really bad cystic acne. Yeah. Like those fat guys. So I put the little patches. Patches. On. Yes. yes. Okay. I love the patches. Yeah. I'm a picker, so oh, like if same. I don't have a patch, I'm like, yes. This is not best practice, I'm sure, but what works for me is if I like start the pop and something comes out and then I put then the you patch put on, it pulls everything else yeah, out. Yeah. It, and it's like it right less out. scarring than if I'm like digging. Sitting there digging. So I know I shouldn't pop it in general, right. but that helps me a lot. That's, no, it's fair. I, I think I've done a couple videos before where I admit that I'm like, and I'm not supposed to pop my face and I don't recommend you guys do it. I but can't help it. I can't help it. No. I know. I'm right there with you. I'm yeah. like, do as I say, not as I do. Look, I know. I'm like, no one pick their my mom has always told me that too. Yeah. She's like, you're and I do, I have scars. I have I'm, the I worst scarring all over yeah. like my She's right. right. Here. I know. I'm gonna need a laser someday, but I not yet. I'm gonna I wanna popping. get a laser soon. I'm I'm thinking about it. Um I was actually like with some people in LA and I met some other like skincare influencers, but they were one of them was laughing at me. He's like, you 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 slept in your makeup last night because I fell asleep on the couch. And he was like, do you want to go wash your face? I'm like, no. Uh, he was like, you are, you know, you talk on TikTok and then you fell asleep with makeup. And I'm like, do as I say. Just, <laughs> not as I do. <laughs> Lazy as hell. No. Um, but okay. So I always do a 2% salicylic. So you use, this one's half a percent. So I um, need higher? No, not necessarily. Okay. 2% is like the maximum FDA monograph. So I just, I use it. But if this is working for you, it's fine. Okay. If you feel like you want some more acne help. You can bump it up to 2%. Okay. I use the one from Naturium. It's really good. Um, and then sometimes I'll do mandelic acid, um, which is like an alpha hydroxy acid, similar to like glycolic and lactic, but it's a little gentler. Um, I like that. I like the combination of that with salicylic every day. But um, I do recommend when I tell people about like mandelic to combine it with salicylic, if you're acne prone. If you're not acne prone, you don't really need to. Um, but I do recommend starting with like the mandel like every other day until you can work okay. your way up. Because you'll dry. Yeah. Okay. I should have brought, God, I wish I would have brought you, I don't have any more mandelic, but I'm, 
have some on the mixer. Um, but I'll have to make something for you to try and see if you like it too. Now that I know you're acne prone, you're going to get to be my oh, guinea pig. For hell a yeah. No, I, it's like the worst part, especially like I'm about to start my period yeah. and I get them really <sighs> badly or like the hormonal acne. Yes. It's so bad. I get hormonal acne too and it sucks. And I, I'm like topical things are not, there's not a ton of topical I, stuff that no. can help. And it's all also like I just drink too much yeah I am yeah. aware I'm right aware. right right like, that's what like immediately immediate the next day it's like boom 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 and I'll see even like I hate when people on TikTok or any social media like make a statement about something that's not backed by science and try to make it sound scientific but let me just tell you I know there's I know a lot of derms are going to disagree with me here if I drink like eight cups of water a day and don't drink alcohol at all that helps my skin just about as much as any skincare routine. Like mm-hmm. just drinking a ton of water. And I, like, I don't know if it's flushing the toxins out. I don't know if I'm just naturally dehydrated, but like with those under the skin pimples, I swear that that makes a, no, like, I completely such a huge agree. difference. I'm like eight days sober. I've been bragging about it. And I like, <laughs> usually it would be much Pit worse. Queen, than like no big deal. Skin. I am wellness. I am meditation. <laughs> like me and I'm sober. Yeah. I know it's so <laughs> embarrassing. I, oh my God. My, I was talking to my mom the other day and she was like, oh wow cool like that's not a huge deal I was like it is to me sis like the fact that it's a flex I know I was like oh my god so I can already tell a difference three days I'm fit I know I'm feeling good I'm glowing god so yeah okay so mandelic acid salicylic acid and so I do exfoliate every day even though I know a lot of people say like oh they'll do it skin cycling I think is gimmicky I just do my salicylic and mandelic every day if my skin's a little irritated I, I skip the mandelic um, and then I use a hydrating serum. I, well, then I use vitamin C for my skincare line educated mess. I use golden hour. Um, and then I'll use this hydrating serum that I have. It's from Experiment Beauty. It's called Super Saturated. It's like 30% glycerin. I jizz my pants over this product so much on TikTok, but it's seriously like I haven't found anything as good. Like it is one of those products where you use it and like it feels sticky and you're like, oh, that's kind of annoying. And then like three hours later, your skin is so just like hydrated and plump. And it, like I... I love that product so much. So I think like in any routine, because sometimes I'll do consulting for people if they like email me and they're like, hey, any help with my routine? I'm like, I got you. Every single time I end up recommending Super Saturated from Experiment and Golden Hour. Those are like the two that I recommend for every skin type, okay, everybody. I'm try them. Now I'm- All right. So when we have Golden Hour, I'll bring some over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, Actually, I, I mean, I can make some. If you don't if you, if you don't want like a, if you don't mind the homemade batch, I can the make you some. Flex. I love it. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, I know. I can't like give those away to, I can't sell the product I make, but I can give it away to friends. <laughs> um, so those are like, honestly, if, if you had to pick two products that I'm going to recommend for every skin type, everybody out there, Golden Hour from Educated Mess, of course. I mean, I'm, I formulated it to be that way, you know, and then Experiment Super Saturated. It's just, you can't beat it. Um, then SPF, of course, you got to have one. I, I buy Korean sunscreen from like Yes Style. Okay. Um, the FDA in America, we're just so behind. They won't approve the filters that are like available in like Korea and Asia. Um, I just said that so funny. Like Korea, Japan, China, you uh, know, yeah. the Asian countries <laughs> have a lot, they have access to a lot better filters and even some European countries do too. Why is that? Um, because, okay, so in the in America, sunscreen is regulated as a drug. So it's good from the standpoint of like for a topical drug type product. Um, when it's FDA regulated, it has these ingredients on the monograph. Every time you make a batch, you have to send it out for testing to assay and make sure that the level of ingredients that are reaching the claims that are on your label are, is proper. So like 
when I worked in formulation, a lot of times a batch would come out wrong and we'd have to like add more water or add something to adjust. But when you have a sunscreen product and you're like, okay, this is SPF 50. If it has 4% this and 12% this, you have to like, because it's regulated as a drug, they have to send it off for testing to make sure it's the exact percent of all of those ingredients, which is important. But like, because of that, with FDA, approval of ingredients takes 10, 15 years. So, oh, wow. Or I mean, yeah. And like a ton of money. Like it's, it's really, we have not had a new UV filter allowed in the U.S. since 1999. Wow. Yeah. And my friend Charlotte went on, she owns a skincare line called Do, and she went and did some content with AOC recently about this. And it's like, it's a huge thing. Like the FDA, like they want to act like, like people want to say that Europe is so much more strict about their standards of what's safe and skincare and stuff. Let us use the same filters that Europe is using. Fine. If you love their standards of health so much, let us use their sun filters. If they're so good at keeping everything safe, let us use their sun filters. But it's kind of interesting because like if I if, if I found an ingredient tomorrow that was really good at blocking out UVA, UVB, it was photostable, it didn't break down in the presence of UV, didn't need boosters, it didn't leave a weird texture, a white cast or any of that. And I'm like, oh, let's market this as an SPF. I would have to submit it obviously and like all the testing that would take years and years and hundreds of thousands of dollars probably um and then it was undergoes all this like rigorous safety testing there's still a chance that the fda wouldn't even like pay attention to it probably they're so weird about nixing like um certain filters just for no reason right so that it's either wasted time or money or it takes 10 years whereas what i could do is just introduce this to chemists as a uv booster and say this will allow you to use less of the uv filters in your formula but it's not regulated as a monograph SPF ingredient, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone is completely de-incentivized to be looking for new filters because it's like, if I discover something great, I mean, it's going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars in years and years, and then the FDA can still say no. You know? That's so, so interesting. Yeah, but then if you... So what's kind of cool is that there are certain... Or what's kind of funny, I guess, is there are certain like UV boosters that brands will use, and they'll say like 100% mineral sunscreen because there's all that fear-mongering that mineral sunscreens are better, chemical sunscreens are harmful. What is that? Why Why is... How, how much time do you have? Oh my, I well, have been so curious. So I don't... We'll get into it. Okay. Yeah, I'm so curious. But I was going to say really quick, so like what brands will do sometimes, they'll say 100% mineral sunscreen, but you look at the label and it's got butyloctyl salicylate, which is very, very similar to a UV filter. It can help, you know, block out UV, but it's not regulated by the FDA here. So it doesn't technically look like there's a chemical filter in it, but there kind of is. Which is fine. Chemical filters are fine. But um, when you have a UV booster that you add to a formula, that doesn't get assayed in testing. So if part of your SPF 45 claim is coming from this ingredient that's not getting assayed, I, I just think it, I think the FDA needs to realize they're losing control because of these UV boosters now being used as ways of reaching your SPF claim that is now not getting tested every batch. You know what I'm saying? I don't okay. know. It's weird. It's interesting. The mineral chemical sunscreen debacle is so annoying because there's, first of all, there's always going to be people that say like, oh, this ingredient is an endocrine disruptor and it causes cancer. And realistically, like our skin is not a sponge. Not, very little of what we apply topically is going to get through. Otherwise we could get hammered tomorrow for zero calories, like just bathing in alcohol, putting on hand sanitizer, like hand sanitizer would make us drunk. Okay. The way that you say it now, it Right. Now I'm getting. We're like, okay, cool. All right, taking a shot of tequila versus just spilling tequila on my skin. Like, one would be easier, but you know, um, and things do absorb, and I do think it's very important for people to constantly be 
evaluating these things. But when someone's misunderstanding or misinterpretation of a scientific study leads to this fear mongering, it gives consumers anxiety about something they've already been using. It causes chemists to have to develop alternatives to something that was never harmful in the first place. And just in general, there's a way to make everything look harmful. I could, I could take, I could go collect data in a creative manner um, about drowning and about people that have died from drinking way too much water and present this case study about how harmful water is to humans, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's a lot of kind of cherry picking that goes on with the fear mongering of ingredients in, in cosmetics. So with chemical sunscreen, they're saying that certain chemical filters are gonna be endocrine disruptors. And you look at the studies with some of these and it's like, yeah, when injected under the skin of rats or when used at a concentration of 100%, we're using it at 3% max in a formula, you know? Um, but then they also say that they're harming the reefs. So there's the whole reef bleaching thing. That was going to okay. be, listen, I love the ocean. Yeah. Ocean so do you, you, you want me to get into that one? Yes. Okay. So they have found that if you take like a, a reef, like a coral reef, and you just like suffocate it with a sun's filter in the bag, it'll die. Which would probably happen if there was no sun filter in the bag and you're just blocking all water and oxygen from getting to it. Um, so that's one reason that I don't... Also, if you put a high concentration of zinc oxide or titanium dioxide, which are also mineral sunscreen, which are the mineral filters, I mean, those have also been shown to cause reef bleaching at high concentrations. But we just... We only focus on the chemical ones because chemical sounds worse than mineral. But the whole big thing about this is that none of the sunscreens are actually what's killing the reefs. It's global warming. So there is this whole study that was done in Australia, and they look at along the coast where the most significant coral reef bleaching instances have taken place. Um, and when you're looking at like Hawaii and over here too, it was kind of thought that the areas of high human con or like high human traffic where there were like shallower waters, you were seeing more coral reef bleaching, and they equated that too. There's a lot of people here. Their sunscreen is not as diluted because the water is shallow that's killing off the reefs, right? So they're kind of like drawing that connection. When you look in Australia, the areas of highest coral reef damage are areas that humans don't even go. It's like too dangerous for humans to even get there. There's no detectable sun filters in the water, yet that's where the highest instances of reef bleaching are. And they've kind of, through other like studies and research, and I wish I had all of them pulled off right now so I could show you, but- This um, is so interesting. Yeah, through all of that, they determined that the reason that those shallow areas are experiencing more reef bleaching is because they're more subject to temperature fluctuations. So like you've got a shallow pool of water and it's hotter than normal 365 days of the year, that water is going to be hotter than normal. And I think the temperature difference of like four degrees could cause the coral reefs to just die out. Like it's a very sensitive window that they're allowed to, or that they're able to thrive. Yeah. So you could, you could literally eliminate sunscreen from your life and, you know, never be contributing those two milligrams of sun filters to the reefs and feel like it feels like you're doing something good. It's like, I'm not damaging these reefs. And it kind of, in my opinion, the whole fear mongering around mineral chemical filters and causing reef bleaching is just kind of a way to make us, make the consumers, make the general public feel like we're actually doing something, right? It gives yeah. us less anxiety. It's like, we're doing, it's like, I'm going to stop using straws and I'm going to save the turtles. And the analogy there is like, yeah, okay, you can't save the rainforest by quitting using toothpicks, you know? Mm. So it's kind of like, it gives us this false sense of, uh, what's the word responsibility or like a false sense of progress towards yeah, environmental like impact. Yeah. 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 But realistically that is just causing us to be scared of using certain types of sunscreens. And then when you think about it, like mineral filters are always the ones that people say are safe. Those have also been shown to be negative to reefs at too high of a concentration, but that, that concentration never gets reached anyway. But 
there's kind of this whole thing too with like mineral sun filters are what causes that white cast. So it's very easy for me with light skin to be like, oh, I'll just switch to a mineral filter. There are a lot of, uh, you know, darker skin people, black people, brown people that cannot use mineral sunscreens because it makes them look like a ghost. My friend Julian on TikTok and Instagram has, he has like this full database of every sunscreen he's ever tried. He has been like on the mission to find the best mineral sunscreens for his skin. Um, and like, there's, there's one brand that launched one that was supposed to be a completely sheer, no white cast. He showed me what it looked like on him and it literally looked like he had painted his face white. It was so bad. But so there's also that like aspect of like, it it doesn't really affect my life when someone says, oh, I don't use chemical sunscreen because it damages the reefs or I don't use chemical sunscreen because it's an endocrine disruptor. It doesn't affect my life. I still use chemical sunscreens. But why it bothers me is because it first creates anxiety in consumers that maybe let's say, let's say Julian didn't know everything he knows about sunscreen, you know, and he's like desperately trying to find a mineral sunscreen. He's had to go through 200 in his database to even find one that works for his skin. So you're almost encouraging like darker skinned people not to even wear sunscreen in the first place because you're eliminating all their options by telling them that these are the only ones you can pick. If you use these, you're damaging the reefs, you're killing yourself, you're giving yourself cancer. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like irresponsible marketing in my opinion. And it drives me nuts. (laughs) Wow, that is so interesting. And my next question kind of goes off this because you talk about this a lot on TikTok. What are your thoughts on clean beauty? (laughs) I'm going to flip the table over. No, I, okay. The main thing with clean beauty, there is no standard that a brand has to follow to be considered clean. I've developed products for tons of brands that market clean beauty. Their no-no lists were completely different every time. And the no-no lists, when I say that, that's like the list of ingredients they tell Mm -hmm. the chemist you can't use. It was never consistent from one brand to the next. It's not like all these brands are saying, we're all going to collectively leave out this one ingredient because it's bad. We've got one that's not letting me use words with X in the name. We've got one that's like only natural thickeners, only natural this. Natural ingredients aren't always better. Um, and also that doesn't make your formula more clean. Like a natural preservative, in my experience, is not going to be nearly as good at keeping the mold bacteria from growing. That's like the opposite of clean to me. Like mm-hmm. that's a dirty product. <laughs> I don't want that. Um, but I think what bothers me is that Clean beauty is a way that brands can falsely portray to consumers that their products are better or more safe than another brand that doesn't market it as clean. When any brand out there could say they're clean, like you could have a brand that was selling dog shit in a bottle and they could call it clean beauty because there's no standard. Well, they probably, that'd probably be dangerous and they'd probably get sued. That probably wouldn't be good. That was an exaggeration, (laughs) but they could call it clean beauty. Like anybody, any brand could wake up tomorrow and just say, we're going to just market ourselves as clean and no changes have to be made to their formula. No changes have to be made to their ingredient list. They just have to say it. And so that's what kind of drives me nuts is because, you know, you have certain brands or you have certain consumers now that think, okay, if it's not clean, then it is bad. Like that, you can call yourself clean. Well, calling yourself clean, makes it look like our ingredients are superior. And that also means that these other brands that aren't doing it are inferior. Mm-hmm. Maybe these brands just don't like misleading their consumers. <laughs> I prefer them. My friend Lisa said something. She was like, it is getting to the point where clean beauty is a warning label. Because if I see clean beauty, I'm like, so you're not using the most robust emulsifiers. So your product might separate. Um, your preservatives might be coming from a living thing. And we're trying to prevent the growth of a living thing. That's just a whole other, like, you know what I mean? Um, it just drives me crazy because I think that certain consumers won't buy something that's not clean, not knowing. That's my main thing. Consumers will not buy something that's not clean and they don't know that there's absolutely no difference between those two brands, you know? 
That is okay. Because as a consumer, like what you, you're saying, I immediately think clean beauty is better. Yeah. Like, everyone does. I need does. to invest yeah. in it. I or like it. you, you like picture, you're like, oh, plants and like things that aren't harmful to my skin. Yeah, and I'm my rubbing skin aloe on my face. Right, right. Like, you think that. And then literally at the heart of it, there's no difference. It's an arbitrary list or some of them don't even give lists, but like at the most, a clean beauty brand has put together a list of ingredients they don't want the chemist to use. And it's arbitrary and it's based on their personal opinions, not necessarily science. Of course, if there's an ingredient that comes, like the whole talc thing, you know, if I were developing makeup, I might would eliminate talc, but I'm not going to say like I'm clean. There's no require. You could have a clean brand that's using talc. Um, and I think, again, I always want to push the point that I think it's very important for brand owners and chemists and people in the beauty industry to constantly be evaluating the ingredients they're using and making sure that things are safe. I also think it's very important that we let the scientists evaluate the studies that indicate whether something's safe or not, because a lot of times you've got people taking these studies and this data out of context, drawing crazy conclusions from them. I mean, I think with some of the, like, this ingredient causes endocrine disruption, it kind of reminds me of like, if... <laughs> If you looked at everyone that died in America last year, probably like 90% of them had driven a car in that within that year. That does not mean that causing a car or driving a car causes you to die. Mm -hmm. Like there's no correlation or, right. I mean, there's, there might be a correlation. There's no causation. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times with, with clean beauty stuff, there's a lot of that just like false drawing connections that happens, if that makes sense. So another thing that I see get stamped and this one could be real. I just don't know. But is medical grade versus let's hear it. Because I think, again, as consumers, we're right. thinking, okay, we're not exactly. spending enough money. We're not right. doing anything. Or it's like, oh, I will up my skincare routine if I buy this expensive product. It's absolute bullshit. Some of the, okay, I worked at a manufacturer that made both medical grade and drugstore grade even. Uh, one time I was working on two foundations. One of them was for a massive brand that's in Target, Walmart, drugstores. They probably sell for like 5 to $10 range. And the other one was going into dermatology offices, plastic surgery offices. It's a huge brand that does like medical grade. And they're plastic surgeon developed, even though I developed the formula and I'm not a plastic surgeon. <laughs> but they market it as plastic surgeon developed and because um, they can. And so anyway, their foundation was like $74. The other one was on the market at like 5 or 6 the formula for the cheap one was more expensive than the formula for the expensive one. Like the cost of raw materials that go into it. It was a better, better product. That's yeah. insane. But so a medical grade brand, again, just like clean beauty, I could wake up tomorrow and say educated mess is medical grade. We're going to sell it in plastic surgery offices and, you know, salons and spas. Estheticians are going to sell it to you. Um, even there are medical grade brands that aren't even in salons and spas. Like that's not even the, there's, there's nothing I'd have to do. There's no you different. You just call it medical. Yeah, grade. there's no different class of raw materials. I mean, there are some raw materials that you can get like USP grade for like pharmaceutical applications. Um, and but when I worked at yeah 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 the manufacturer I worked at, we made both medical grade and drugstore grade, and it was this we would use the same class of raw materials. There was no like separation. There was no difference in budget. I mean, sometimes like it's brand specific. Like a brand will say like your budget here is this. Um, I saw absolutely no correlation between the medical grade brands having a higher budget, to be completely honest. Like sometimes they do, but sometimes you have a drugstore brand that has incredibly robust formulas that are expensive and they just cut their margins really thin, you know, like Naturium. I would expect their products based on my knowledge of raw material costs and stuff to cost like 50 to $60 and they're selling their stuff for like 20. 
Wow. Um, one very popular medical grade brand that I've ripped on before. I Can you say it? No, because I don't want to get my friend in trouble. But in Texas, you know, basically in Texas, I, I worked at a manufacturer. There's a bunch of manufacturers there and the chemists all kind of know each other. Mm-hmm. So I like when sometimes it's kind of funny because I'll do a video on TikTok and I'm like ripping into this brand and someone's like, you don't know that it's not good. And I'm like, I actually know the person who sets the cost of product that sends it to this brand. And this shit is costing them a dollar a unit and they're selling it for 185. So. Wow. And like, I understand too, that like certain brands might be charging more because they have a patent on a certain combination of ingredients that they patented back in the nineties that improvements have been made on and there's better technology and their prices are still going up every year. And they're able to do that because they're medical grade and people trust them and people look at their name and think, Oh, this is better. If I spend more money, my skin will look better. No, you can get the same shit for $20. So that's kind of like what I dedicate my TikTok to. And I I feel bad because there are some medical grade brands. I like revision skincare looking at their stuff. That is worth the money. Allies of skin has some good ones. Um, Let's see, Skin Rocks, Carolyn Hires, they're not medical grade, but that's another really good I'm high end. I think the Zoe. I always get Zoe pushed on me, like when I'm. Okay, no. cool. I have done so many videos about Zoe. And like the problem with them, like, I think their brightening product is good. They have one that's supposed to be good for like hyperpigmentation. I think that one's good. Everything else, I'm looking at it and I'm like, if I were designing a product with this budget, like to, to be sold for this level, like if I'm seeing a product that's like $150. I automatically need to see the most innovative high-end ingredients to reach that claim. Because if you're paying $150 for something that's going to last you two months and you're getting it every six months, just get a laser treatment at that point. Like if, you know, like just get one once a year. I don't know. If it is, if it is a product that is like a hundred something dollars, I really need to see expensive raw materials that I know are going to be effective in order to justify the fact that the brand is charging that much. Like if I see Zio skin and they're having this, serum that has two or three beneficial things in it that I could easily find for $12. Like I kind of rip them a little bit. And, um, I've had people be like, but that brand changed my life. Great. Keep using it. Keep spending your money. The whole point of my account is to be like letting people know you don't have to spend all that money and you can still get good products. Like I know, I think, I think why it irritates me is just, it's another one of those things that is like any brand, any person. I mean, I've, I've seen, on bottles of products that I formulated, physician formulated or dermatologically tested or something. I'm like, they did not test it. They might've had a friend that's a dermatologist who used it once and said it was good. And then they throw dermatology tested on the label. It's crazy. Oh my God. What does, so I, I feel like a lot of, this is with supplements too, and I'm really into supplements, but there's always the claim of third party tested. That means literally someone who is not Yes. Yeah. Tested it. Right. Right. And so for us, like we're doing clinical testing now. So I like, yeah, I think with, I haven't really, you know, third party testing. I haven't really dove into that one really to see. You're right though. I mean, if if somebody's saying third party tested, it could easily just be like a friend of theirs. I've only, see, I've only looked into it for supplements. I've listened to a couple podcasts and the people are debunking it. Yeah. Third party is literally just a third party. Because I'm like, if we, yeah, we would never say third party tested. Like when we get done with clinical testing, it's going to be clinically tested. Like it was tested and I click, that's, I've never thought about the verbiage of, yeah, you're right though. Everything's a scam. Everything is a scam. We're being marketed everything. It's crazy. That's the whole point of educated mess. We want to educate you. So you can navigate through the mess of scams that are on that. the internet. There's the tagline. Th- that's it. That's it. There you go. 
Um, okay. <laughs> Selfishly, I would love to know your thoughts on injectables. I if I'm terrified of needles. All right. Yeah. So I have not gotten filler. I, I had an appointment to get filler when I was in LA, and I bitched out, and I was like, I gotta cancel it. It's, it's fair. Scary. They're very painful. I but just go, yeah, I think I think um, where people what I, this is an interesting like difference between like skincare and injections because I think that like sometimes I get to where I'm like oh this ingredient can provide a Botox like effect and then I have to take I have to dial myself back and be like it is not going to be nearly as dramatic as getting Botox like I think people forget that skincare is never going to rival injectables I think mm-hmm. injectables are great I mean my friend is getting she's just got Bellafil for her well, acne scarring so it's is. like she had like acne scarring to the point where it's like uneven texture and this is just like it's like polymethyl methacrylate that they inject to like fill it but unlike hyaluronic acid it doesn't get like degraded by skin so you don't have to get it multiple times it's just like once wow yeah and so i think that's great anything that they're injecting into skin i'm sure has undergone extensive testing um, for safety and toxicology issues um but yeah i mean i'll have people that are like i need i want filler but i don't want a lip like i want filler but i don't i don't want to get the lip filler what product can i use and i'm like you're not, there's nothing that's going to give you Yeah, like skincare can make you look the absolute best with the raw materials you're given, but it's not going to like, I, I equate it to like, mm-hmm. you can really make your bed feel more comfortable by putting some really nice sheets on it, but there's no comparison to getting a new mattress, you know? So like injectables and like lasers and stuff, that's getting a new mattress. You're getting a new mattress. Great. But skincare, you can, you can definitely make that mattress as good as possible. Um, but yeah, I think injectables are... If, if you've got a certain thing that you want to treat and you can afford to get the inject, go for it. Okay. I always recommend. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I want, if you're okay, I want to hit a smasher pop. Let's do it. I've got all the shit right here. Oh, I'm here. so excited. Just like literally rip me apart. Okay. So this, it's very good. It's the, let's see, we'll do the La Roche-Posay Epiclar clarifying solution. It has half a percent salicylic acid, 2% glycolic. Let's see what else is in there. It does have a high level of alcohol, but that's not always it's not always bad. Is that something to be concerned so, by, or is there a number that you would look for? No, I mean, I so alcohol sometimes it's required in a product, like to dissolve something in the formula. And with like salicylic acid, it can definitely help the salicylic dissolve. Um, and alcohol can help improve um, penetration of ingredients. I always thought it was funny when they're like, alcohol is a penetration enhancer. So I'm like, huh, it all the time. <laughs> like, in more ways than one. Right. I'm like, oh, I've experienced that one before. <laughs> when the penetration shouldn't have happened, it sure did. It sure did. No. Um, so I, I do try to avoid it when I can, but like okay. sometimes with certain, it's not the end of the world. If you don't naturally have dry skin too, it's not going to like. But what I noticed about this one, it has alcohol and it has menthol so menthol is going to give that cooling effect it's going to really make it feel like this product is working so i guarantee that like the like using it is pleasant like it's like oh it feels, oh, it feels like it's really working. good i feel like clean yeah, yeah yeah and the alcohol is also going to cool um I, I would just think this could be potentially a little harsh but um with the alcohol and the menthol it could be causing some irritation um i use a two percent salicylic acid that i like from material it doesn't have alcohol it doesn't have menthol but it doesn't also feel cooling and astringent when you mm-hmm. apply it um, I guess for me, I would pass on this, um, just because I, I use a 2% and I don't mm-hmm. know if a half percent would work for me, but if it's working for you, smash. Oh, um, okay. Let's see what else this is. Okay. The Caudalie mask detox. I feel like you got thoughts. No, I no. But so many people ask me my thoughts on Caudalie. So they're using a proprietary like resveratrol that comes from a certain grape shoot extract technology that they, I don't have access to the information on it. So I don't know whether I think they're 
grape extract resveratrol is necessarily better than the resveratrol you could get like from the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's promise, but I can't like, I always avoid that question when people ask, cause I'm like, I don't want to say something if I don't, you know, if I haven't, yeah. but like, obviously a brand isn't going to just shoot over their clinical data to me yeah, of like other hey. proprietary stuff. <laughs> I mean, especially when they find out I own my own brand, you know, Hey, let me just copy all your stuff. Um, but I think there's promise. I have to, I just haven't ever used caudalie stuff because of the smell. I hate essential oils. Oh my God. I, so I like it because yeah, of the smell. I, I think, feel like I'm in a spa. Dude. Okay. So I worked with this one brand one time. I want to smell this one. Yeah. Okay, hate so it. I just, ugh, yeah. yeah, I couldn't do it. I worked at this, um, at the first place I worked, there was this one brand and they're one of those natural clean beauty. We use apple juice in our products and we charge $300 for it. And if you go to Ulta or Sephora and see it in store and you use their moisturizer, it's already separating because it's a disgusting formula. But um, there was, they, God, I was working on a cleanser for them and there were like six different essential oils they wanted. And now mind you, when you're in the lab, you're making a batch that's like this big for product approval. So you make a batch like in a beaker, send it, send a sample to the customer, they approve it or they don't, and you go back and keep working on it. So Usually with a brand, you get like two to three redirects where you've sent them something, they make a tweak adjustment, you fix the formula, send it back, whatever, go back and forth. This brand we had done 27 redirects on all about the different ratios of these essential oils. And I'm like, also, you are like, if I'm putting 1% of this and 0.2% of this and 0.1% of this, like that's also by the drop in a beaker. And like when it goes out into production, there's no way you're going to get that exact same. But they were so finicky about these tiny little differences. And I got PTSD from You're essential like triggered oils. Triggered by essential yeah, oils. Triggered by essential oils because they all smell the same to me. And like it the the smell was getting on my nerves. And I think it would just put me in such a bad mood. And I had talked to them. I'm like, you need to go to a fragrance house, have them develop a blend for you that smells right. And then, and then sell it to me. So I, I said, I am not a perfumer. I I would love to be. That when I was in grad school, we had I took a perfumery class and we had a um, a guest speaker who was he was a perfumer and he was like, I'm just gonna let you guys know your chances of being in the NBA are better than your chances of becoming a perfumer. And then I did an interview to be a junior perfumer at this one fragrance house. And they had me do like this very extensive test, like to make sure my nose could like distinguish different smells. And like that, even like my preference of one through five would be the same if there were like five hours between. It's bizarre. I failed miserably. Mm -hmm. And like, you have to have such a good nose and such a like, anyway, so that was, Wow. They were having me work with like six different essential oils. They were so specific on the smell. Oh, and then with natural essential oils, each batch is going to smell differently based on the soil quality of the time of harvest, like how it was extracted. So like, you're never going to get it exact and you guys are driving me fucking nuts. So now when I smell certain essential oils, I'm just like, no. Huh. All right. So we're, Sorry, we're passing on that guy. <laughs> I'm going to pass on this one, but for people who like, like the smell, if you like a spa-like smell, um, I think there's a lot of promise with the great resveratrol and caudalie. Um, I just haven't tried it myself to know. <laughs> I know. I honestly, I bought it during the Sephora sale. Like yeah. that's the reason well, I have it. I love and it. Apparently it could be really good for brightening and like almost like a lifting. I feel like like skin is so tight to yeah. my face after. Well, that's good. So that's I good. love that. And what else is in here? I didn't even look. It has like clay and yeah, that's going to help kind of absorb some toxins. I can see this being like one thing I think Caudalie is really good at too is creating products that are like a, like ritualistic almost. Like this mm-hmm. is going to be the experience of using it is like you're at a spa. Yeah. So I usually – I do this guy. This is my mass night. I yes. have a little mass night like once or twice a week depending on my mental health. Yeah. And then I put this one on okay. top. What are your thoughts? I like this one. Um, it I've used it before and it kind of – does it burn? Does it – 
what was in it? Something in it burned me a little bit. He, it's like it. very, I feel like I'm putting a blanket on my yeah. face. Yeah. And you're supposed to leave it on for 10 minutes, but I sleep in you it. You sleep in it. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, I was going to say, I think I remember it being like super hydrating and potentially I tried to use those moisturizer and it peeled up under something else, but it's marketed as a mask. I, I shouldn't have done mm-hmm. that. I was just like, oh, I need a moisturizer. Um, I really liked it though. Very hydrating. We're going to smash. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, I love Summer Fridays. They're I don't know. And the marketing, like the jet lag. You're doing such a good job of that. Jet lag is such a good name. Like such a good name. That is perfect. Yeah. I agree. There have been a couple, like there are certain products I see like jet lag and they have the R&R mask. I'm like, that was a good name. Right? I know. I love that shit. Um, Okay. Oh yeah. This is a good one. Very good. I've talked about um, the Tolarian line from Lourish Pizzea, like the whatever the thermal water they're using. They mm-hmm. did like a lot of testing on it. It's supposed to be good for like. I like Lourish Pizzea as a brand yeah. in general. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, it's good. And their UV, yeah, sunscreen. I haven't felt this one, but it looks like a good one. Yeah, get Let's in there. I just, yeah. I wear her every oh, yeah. morning. It's nice. Good. Love okay. the texture. We love it. Hell yeah. Anything that's going to get people to wear their sunscreen. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say, I, this is the first sunscreen I've ever. I don't I, wear sunscreen. Listen, I know, I know. I'm this. I hate. I hate admitting it. I throughout grad school, even as I'm sitting there going to class, learning about the damages of UV on skin, I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, not me. I'll be fine. And that was. I think this goes back to like my qualms with minerals. The whole mineral versus chemical marketing. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand a mineral sunscreen. I won't wear it. It's heavy. No, it feels it's greasy. Like it's like and, yeah, yeah. It leaves a white cast. It feels heavy. It ruins my makeup. Like mm-hmm. I just. And, and I know there are decent mineral sunscreens out there. I just don't think I'm going to take the time to figure it out when chemical ones are perfectly fine, you know? Fair. Um, but up until I discovered, like, Korean sunscreens and stuff, I was very much not. I know. And like, Even this guy's a little thick, but it's a, I don't mind yeah, it as I'll much. send you some links to some of the Korean ones I like. I love this one from this brand, Dr. Seracle. Um, it has such a good texture. Okay. But it smells a little bit like men's cologne and I tend to avoid fragrances, but it's not like the texture is so nice that I'm like, it's fine. You're like, yeah, it'll go through. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to know your thoughts on like the ordinary in general. Yeah. I like the ordinary. Okay. Cool. So this one, the grain active retinoid 2% emulsion, um, that is a, that is a retinol alternative or it's a derivative of retinol that, um, actually can activate the same receptors, but it's a lot gentler. So it can provide a lot of the same Retinol benefits, much lower irritation. It doesn't bother me. Usually with retinol, I'm like, drop a bottle, hell no. Really? Yeah, okay, so, do you so, have a retinol that you like? Does yes. educated mess have a retinol? We do not. Okay. I'm working on one. Okay. Love but that. no, I'm just kidding. Um, I usually, retinol is unstable in like the presence of air and UV, I believe. And yeah, yeah. Presence of air and UV, retinol is unstable. So it usually drives me nuts to see them in a dropper. Mm-hmm. Um, this one though, because they're using the stabilized hydroxypinacolone retinoate, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, you can have it in a dropper. It doesn't bother me. They do have a 5% um, and it's not, it's like a thin oil. If mm-hmm. you ever want to bump it up a little bit. And the 5% is actually very, very, very similar to Sunday Riley's Luna oil. No way. Yeah, okay. which Sunny Riley does have like chamomile and this azelaine ingredient that should be good for calming. But I always tell people, I'm like, you know, if you want the retinoids in Luna, just get the ordinary. See how it works for your skin. Um, so yeah, to answer your question about the ordinary, I love the ordinary. I think some of their stuff is really good, and they just launched a barrier serum that is. I, I have an ad. I did an ad for it. Um, it hasn't posted yet, but like their their barrier serum is so good. Um, yeah, they're some of their stuff like. Oh, let me say this about the ordinary. They have a lot of products like they're nice and serum. They're hyaluronic acid. I don't think you need those. Like mm-hmm. those, what the ordinary is good at, I guess, is if somebody who's trying to figure out what ingredients work well for their skin, I, I do recommend starting with the ordinary because you can kind of try a bunch of different stuff for pretty low cost 
and see like, all right, I used this for two weeks. It didn't do shit. I don't need niacinamide in my routine or I don't need to focus on niacinamide mm-hmm. in my routine. Or this hyaluronic acid was good, but when I quit using it, I don't notice a difference. I don't, I don't need a hyaluronic acid serum in my routine. And then you've avoided buying the SkinCeuticals HA intensifier for $200, you know? Right. Um, but when somebody has like, I, I will say too, there are so many effective products that have combinations of those ingredients that like, if you want to simplify your routine, the ordinary is probably not the way to go yeah. with some of those. But then some of their stuff has a lot of stuff in it. You know what I mean? It's just, I think a lot of the ordinary products are good. I think a lot of them are unnecessary. But so as, just, so you would say like, I feel like, again, fear-mongering people yes. think because it's so cheap, we right. should be buying it, but it's fine. It's totally fine. Okay. Yeah. It's it. the ordinary, all they did in, in comparison to more expensive brands, really the only difference is their margins are lower. They're making less money, but they're mm-hmm. a big company and they're owned by, I think the, the people that own them also own like Niod, which is another brand I love. Um, there's a couple brands under them, but, oh my God, excuse me. They're so big that they're placing large orders on like they're placing large orders on the raw materials going into the formula. They're placing large orders at their manufacturer. All of these things are going to give them some significant price breaks. Mm-hmm. So like our first run with educated mess, we're, we're paying like, I mean, our margins are very razor thin because we, we placed orders for the lowest minimum order. So we got like 2000 units of everything. And then when we placed our next order for like 10,000 units, the price went down. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. So it's like, they're so big that like they can be placing huge orders of raw materials and manufacturing Cause like, it's going to take the same time to manufacture hundred kilos as it is like 3000 kilos. And one of them's going to give you a lot more, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, not the exact same amount of time, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So the more, the bigger a brand is, the more they're able to shave cost off at multiple steps of the process. So just because the ordinary has cheap products, it doesn't mean they're bad. Like they're that, um, the barrier serum they just launched, I would have thought that was like $60 if I had seen it. Yeah. Okay. Love that. I am not going to ask you about this because we're going to go to educate us, obviously, but this is my next one I want to ask you about the Tula Cult Classic Cleanser. I've used this for like three years. If you tell me you hate it, I'm going to cry probably. So (laughs) just don't lie, but like I'll change. I've actually seen, this is a good, let me look at the cleanser. I think it's fine. Um, I've seen so many estheticians and people on TikTok being like, I would never use Tula. I know. People say that, but I love this cleanser. You know what I will never do is listen to somebody who speaks about science and absolutes because nothing is absolute. You know, you (laughs) might have a brand that sucks and they might have a really good product. Don't say I'm never going to buy it. You know, I will never buy a clean beauty product again. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) The only, here's, there's one qualm I have with Tula and this product looks great. It is that everything is based on probiotics. So do you need probiotics in skincare? So here's the thing. So there are, there are, there's some pretty significant data out there that suggests that our skin's microbiome or the balance of good to bad bacteria. I mean, same with gut. You, mm-hmm. I know that you know that well. Um, you cannot have healthy skin without the microbiome being balanced. And we do things like over exfoliating, over cleansing, or just exposing our skin to too much UV and pollution that can throw off our microbiome. And a lot of it has to do with our diet too. So there's this whole thing in skincare where you're looking at prebiotic, probiotic, postbiotic um, to help restore a healthy microbiome on skin. I think they're great. I love microbiome forward skincare. I think it's really important to help rebalance the good to bad bacteria ratios on skin for health. Prebiotics, you're feeding the good bacteria, hoping it'll outweigh the bad. I think that's great. You know, those are going to be like sugars and certain ingredients that are fine in a skincare team. Postbiotic is like providing skin with whatever the end goal is. So if you're, if the good bacteria is going to produce a compound that reduces redness, um, you could just apply the compound that reduces redness to skin instead of making the bacteria do it itself. 
The, the probiotic though, which is what Tula is using, that is like putting the actual live strain bacteria in here. But this formula also contains preservatives that are designed to kill the bacteria. So I have seen data from suppliers that their probiotic is beneficial in skin, but I haven't actually seen the data that the probiotic, when used in a formula containing preservatives, can actually do anything. So, Lovely. Okay, yeah, that so makes while I, I don't hate to, like I've done some reviews of Tula products where I like the product. I'm not so set on the marketing behind it. I think the products are good for reasons other than what they're marketing it for. That, yeah, you know, yeah. No. yeah. So yeah. like, I don't think this is a bad cleanser. I don't think that it's going to, you don't think it's great because it's a probiotic. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily going to restore the microbiome imbalance that you might get from cleansing. Like it's not going to, and you're rinsing it off, but that's a different that's story. Neither but, here yeah, yeah. but um, I'm trying to see what the probiotic is specifically. Oh, they're using lactose protein from milk yogurt. There's a chance it could be working. I'm just, I haven't seen the data to convince me that it does. Smash or pass. I will smash that. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marketing wise, I'll pass, but yeah. like product wise, I think it's fine. Yeah, smash. Lovely. Oh, sorry. And I forgot to say, I'm also, I would smash this. Cool. Although I think 2%, I think you could go up to five. Okay. Good to know. I'm going to get the five. Okay. I, this one, what are your, okay. do you hate this? No, I love it. Smash. smash. Paula's Choice 2% is very similar to the one I use from Naturium. Um, so, yeah. If you, I so I had him before okay. him. Have you noticed that this one is less effective? You know, I've used it for like a week. Oh, so okay. I feel like so, I need yeah. to give it like one well, more week and the see. The glycolic could be good too. That was going to give like surface level exfoliation. Salicylic is just like, so it can get into pores and help keep them clear from within. Mm-hmm. So I think that this one having a 2%, this would be my, I'd smash and I'd pass. Smash this is like, Joy's pass. This is like a one night stand. Laura's this is pussy. who we marry, you know? Perfect. Okay. This is Good our life. But I will say too, I've done a couple of videos about Naturium and Peach Slices. Both have a 2% that's very similar to this. Um, and yeah, I kind of just recommend getting those. Lovely. <laughs> just as good. Okay. My last one for you is the Kiehl's Avocado Eye Treatment. Okay. I've used it. I like it. I think yeah. it feels very nourishing under my eyes. It feels like thick. It feels yeah. like it. I have to be honest. The only reason I bought this is because it's the um, like the army store on base. They get things discounted. Oh, okay. So this was discounted. Like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll try oh, it. Oh, I thought you were going to say like because it's army green. Oh, but it's not. It's like, oh, can you imagine? <laughs> I was like, so I picked this because I love the army and it's green. <laughs> if I just um, my jacket that I'm it's wearing. It's a no for me. <laughs> Um, no, I like it. I think it's, it's good. It's got a nice texture. I don't think it's like, I don't think that this product is something that people are going to add to their routine and necessarily notice a huge difference in the way their skin looks. Yeah, said, definitely it's a don't. nice step in your, you know, if you're like a ritual, you enjoy the feeling of applying a nice nourishing eye cream. It's a good one. Do you have an eye cream that you re- recommend? Um, so one that I really like texture wise is, uh, it's a Korean beauty brand. It's called Benton, but it's their fermentation eye cream. Um, it's really thick and luxurious. It gives that nice nourished feel, but it has a couple, it has like um, human epidermal growth, well, synthetic human epidermal growth factor, um, which can have some good benefits for like creepy skin and sagginess. I just haven't used it in a while, which is why I'm going to blame my eyes being so saggy. No, I was about to say, I, this is the top, my eyelid is the only place that I seriously notice aging. Yeah. I can like pinch the skin and yes. it doesn't. Have you thought of like a retinol eye cream or a retinol eye cream? No, I will take okay. all recommendations. Okay. Let me think of, so Medicaid has one that's really good. So there are retinoate and basically they've taken retinol and combined it with uh, retinoic acid. Um, so it's gentler in skin and it breaks down once it's in skin into the active pore. Anyway, it's really effective. 
but it's very gentle. And I was like all about that one, mm-hmm. uh, thinking it was worth the 200 something dollars um, until Peach and Lily sent me a sample or sent me their retinol for all, which is not an eye cream. It's just a general retinol. Um, and I worried that it was going to be a little too harsh, but they have made it so gentle that I actually was able to use that around my eyes too. So, and you're going all around. Yeah, like, like all over. And okay. when I tell you, usually I cannot use, like that was the first retinol product I've ever used, not specific for the eye area that like I liked. Um, and I love it. So I do recommend that when I ran out a couple weeks ago. But um, Peach and Lily. Yeah, Peach and okay. Lily. It's the retinol for all. Um, that I think you could just, it doesn't have the eye cream texture, you know, like it's not going to be as like, it's like thick, it's, yeah. all, but I would use it all over. Okay. Um, but I will say when it comes to retinol products that I have successfully used around the eyes, that's one. And I've tried a lot because I get, I don't know if you can tell, I get milia. And oh, like, same. Yeah. Okay. And so like retinol is a really good ingredient for that, but my eyes are so sensitive that like mm-hmm. I can't. So I'm with you. Yeah, so I need to actually order more of the peach and lily one because I'm getting bumps again. <laughs> That's a good one to try. Okay, yeah. my last question for yes. you. Someone who is day one of their skincare routine, what are three steps you would give them? Okay, SPF, first one. I would give them, I would probably give them the Skin 1004 Centella Unscented. It is such a light sunscreen, good for all skin types. I think I think it's pretty, pretty hard to find someone who hates it, you know? So I would recommend a sunscreen for sure. Um, hydration because if you have dry skin you need hydration if you have oily skin and you're stripping it with all these other actives you could be telling your skin hey we got to produce more oil and creating a negative feedback loop so i just think any type of hydration is crucial for skin health and barrier health i recommend experiment super saturated again 30 percent glycerin is so hydrating it's also helping with barrier repair good for sensitive skin i would do sunscreen that one and then you know because it depends on skin type i like exfoliants do an exfoliant. Yeah, well, yeah. Then like a 10% mandelic acid serum, I think. Okay. Um, because mandelic acid is really good for, I think it helps boost salicylic acid for people who are acne prone. If you have dry skin, it's an alpha hydroxy acid. Those can be hydrating in the long run. It can help with signs of aging, like fine lines and wrinkles. I mean, I think mandelic is just like an underrated ingredient and it's my favorite. Oh, and I cannot wait to launch a product with it. <laughs> lovely. I'm so excited. Okay, so I will – I have so many notes upstairs. Immediately, I'm going to get the vitamin C serum yes. from um, Educated Mess. Yeah, Where I'll bring it to you. Where can everyone follow you, purchase your product, ah, pimp yourself out? Yes, let's go. Okay, so uh, my TikTok is just Alex Educated Mess, and that's actually my Instagram too. Um, but I don't – I only really go on Instagram to, like, repost my TikToks. Um, but, yeah, you can follow me there. And our, my skincare brand's uh, handle on – Instagram is just Educated Mess. Um, and our website is www.educatedmess.com. And our products are currently out of stock, but they should Popular be back in stock. Hell. Right, that's right. I mean, <laughs> no big deal. We're Everyone out of stock, loves baby. me. <laughs> um, no, so everything is out of stock right now, but it should be back in stock in the next two weeks. We are waiting for our, like, every single day, I'm just sitting by my phone waiting for the manufacturer to text me and be like, we're done. They sent me a video making Stocky Bomb the other day. Um, so I'm like, I know y'all are working on it. I know they made the moisturizer and there was one effing raw material hold up that we didn't know about until we placed the order. And they're like, oh, it's going to be like, that might not come until September 30th, but it's September 30th has passed. So. Oh, hey, we're close. Right. So I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like every single day I'm like, did y'all make it? Did y'all make it? Did All you right. make it? It'll be a good Christmas gift. That's right. Everyone that's stay right. tuned. Thank that's you right. so much. Of course. This is so Thank fun. You. We got to do a part two. Yes. Uh, for any time.